Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast with your host, Cody Jansen. Am I on air? What's up, everybody? We're back. I'm your host, Cody Jansen, and welcome to episode 34 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast presented by our title sponsor, CST Tires. We have a little bit different kind of episode coming at you tonight, and I think you're going to thoroughly enjoy it. Assemble! This week, we banded a group of ATV racing insiders together to help us break down all that happened at the Three Palms doubleheader deep in the heart of Texas. There's so much that happened at the penultimate round of the ATV Motocross Nationals, we had to bring these three guys in to make sure we covered it all. In what may be a more morning show type format than you're used to here on Digging Deep, which so many of us enjoy with Pulp MX and other two-wheeled podcasts, you'll hear from SSI Decal's lead man, Ian Harris, Rip It Up Films himself, Gloop Mayhe, and Impact Solutions Casey Greek as we break down the racing and storylines coming into and coming out of Three Palms. No matter how plugged into the sport you are or whether you are in Texas or not, you'll come away from the next hour with more knowledge heading into the season finale than you previously had. And we can't wait to share it with you. Speaking of pulp, some of you Pulp MX listeners may get a laugh out of the fact that Casey Greek showed up for the Zoom call under the name Chris Betts. We all laughed about this as well, but to be clear, you can expect Casey to be much more insightful than Betts is. Later, you'll hear from working-class hero Wes Lewis in the midst of a career-best year and on the heels of clinching the ProMod National Championship, his first national championship ever. So looking forward to that. I want to get right into the show here, but we first need to thank our sponsors, and this week, we need to thank a new supporter to the Digging Deep family. ATV Motocross is full of many great people, and leading that charge is the Launderville family at Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This racing family-owned business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire United States. Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by their 4130 chromoly tubing and plate. Furthermore, with over 25 years of experience, the Concrete Division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables them to easily serve customers across the United States. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, making this partnership a perfect fit. For a quote or additional info, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. Thank you, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, and thanks to all of our partners, new, original, or somewhere in between. Thanks to our title sponsor, CST Tires, csttires.com. The Pulse MXR tire is the best tire on the market no matter what the terrain. Join the CST takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. Thank you to Motorsports Powerhouse and show sponsor, Yamaha. We are proud to be partnered with the winningest manufacturer of the past decade in ATV motocross and the number one OEM supporter of ATV racing. The Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is Team Blue Crew. Thank you, Yamaha. Check them out at YamahaOutdoors.com. Thanks to another member of Racing Royalty and longtime sponsor of my personal racing efforts, Valvoline. For over 150 years, Valvoline has been dedicated to innovating and improving your riding and driving experience. The world's oldest oil company still leads the charge with unrivaled products and lubricants. Thanks to Team Valvoline for coming on board. 
Thank you to SSI Decals. SSI Decals is the decal choice of champions everywhere and is synonymous with the best decals and graphics kits on the market. Their track record speaks for itself. Champions choose SSI Decals for unmatched look and quality. Thanks to those guys. Check them out today at SSIDecals.com. It's an absolute honor to be partnered with Wienan Motorsports. We all know him as one of the toughest competitors ATV Motocross has ever seen, and Chad Wienan has built quite the business within the industry as well. The same products he handpicked to help him win six AMA ATV Pro National Championships are available to you through Wienan Motorsports. Simply put, he sells what he races. So head over to WienanMotorsports.com to see everything they have to offer and use promo code DIGDEEP to save at checkout. Thanks to Chad Wienan and Wienan Motorsports for further legitimizing everything we're doing here at Digging Deep. It's an absolute honor. Thank you to DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 X-Ring Chain. Team USA, Joel Hetrick, and myself trusted DID's unrivaled chain quality all the way to championship victory this past season. Wherever you go, go with DID. We are proud to be partnered with Gripped Gloves. Gripped is an ATV rider owned and operated brand with a rider in mind and keeping costs affordable the goal. This Michigan-based family operation is here to push stereotypes and limitations while recognizing riders' desire to showcase their identity with eccentric colorways and crazy patterns. Gripped is driven to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. Get a grip on life. Check them out at grippedgloves.com. That's G-R-I-P-T gloves.com and use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save. Thanks to the Decker Training Facility. The Decker Training Facility at County Line MX is now open. This premier motocross training compound is located in beautiful Fountain, Florida, a short 40-minute drive from Panama City Beach. Their rapidly growing facility consists of a pro-level national track, amateur and youth tracks, woods loop, and mountain bike trails. Everything you need to train comfortably all winter long is available on site, including private cabins, a full gym, RV hookups, bathhouses, garage, dump station, wash bays, and more. With accommodations for riders across the country and around the world, the Decker Training Facility will help you become the best rider you can be. Sign up for a group training session or a private lesson with nationally ranked pros. Train tougher, smarter, and harder this off-season at one of Florida's most luxurious facilities. For more information, go to DeckerTrainingFacility.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. Decker Training Facility, your elite training experience. Thank you, Namira Technologies. Namira, Pistons with an Attitude. Namira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side markets since 2001 with their wide array of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits. To purchase, visit your local dealer or online at namira.com. That's N-A-M-U-R-A.com. Also, a big thanks to Bronco ATV and UTV components. Bronco has been the industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. Whether it's electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, suspension parts or bearing kits, Bronco is your hard part source when it comes to whatever you need for whatever you ride. BroncoATV.com Thanks to 4Works Carbon for the continued support. Known for their hoods, seat covers, array of carbon parts, and so much more. 4Works is your one-stop shop to give your ATV a new and improved look with increased function this year. Head over to the social media pages or website today. Thanks to 4Works Carbon. Thanks to DP Brakes, the unquestioned leader in motorsports and power sports braking. DP is the brand responsible for allowing Joel Hetrick, your host Cody Jansen, and so many more others to outbreak the competition every time they hit the racetrack. It's never too late to join the team, so act fast. www.dp-brakes.com. 
Thank you to Mountaineer Brand. If you know me, you know I love my... What the? Hey, that's my line. If you know me, you know I love my beard. That's why I treat it right with Mountaineer Brand's all-natural washes, oils, balms, and more. Use discount code CODYSFAVE in all caps. That's C-O-D-Y-S-F-A-V, CODYSFAVE in all caps at MountaineerBrand.com. We're thankful for our partnership with Factory 43. Since 2007, this racer-owned company has been striving to offer a quality product that installs easy, looks good, and holds up over time, producing bumpers, grab bars, nerf bars, and other accessories. For 2020, Factory 43 is the aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing Honda team, providing riders like Joel Hetrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Chris Borich, and Grayson Eller with their motocross and cross-country versions of Evo Nerf Bars and MX Style front bumpers. Head over to factory43atv.com to see their full line of products, thanks to Factory 43. We are proud to be partnered with Bike Strikes and Quads, LLC. Bike Strikes and Quads, LLC was started by former racers selling three-wheeler parts out of a barn in upstate New York. Now, 10 years later, BTQ LLC has over 40,000 new and used parts in stock, but they haven't forgotten their roots, still offering used OEM parts for three-wheelers, dirt bikes, ATVs, and side-by-sides. Parts are in stock and ready to ship with guaranteed delivery within three days, including free shipping on orders of over $50. Use discount code ATVMX at www.btqllc.com for $10 off of orders $50 or more. We're grateful to have Bike Strikes and Quads LLC digging deep with us. Support our industry's small businesses and thank you BTQ LLC. We are proud of our partnership with Roman Health. On average, Americans are forced to wait 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform to connect you with a licensed doctor in your state from the comfort of your own home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy will ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. Plus, there's no commitments and you can cancel any time with Roman. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com digging for your free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com digging for your free online visit and free two-day shipping. Thanks as always to Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant. Upgrade to Evans now to avoid overheating and boil over next time you hit the track. When conditions are at their worst, Evans is at its best. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 to save at checkout, evanscoolant.com. Thanks to Blender's Eyewear, whose life and forward motion brand is the perfect fit to partner with our podcast. You won't find better shades for a more attractive price anywhere else. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 to save on the trendiest shades on the market, blenderseyewear.com. Thanks to Avocado Green Mattresses. The Avocado Mattress offers zoned back support with an internal support unit. Meaning whether you are recovering from a hard day of riding or relaxing on a Sunday morning, you are experiencing next-level comfort. With a 100-night sleep trial, free shipping and return pickups, and a 25-year warranty, getting your Avocado Green Mattress could not be any easier. Step up your sleep game by visiting avocadomattress.com. From our new partners to our original sponsors, thanks for supporting the number one podcast in ATV racing and making this dream a reality for both us and our listeners. We pride ourselves in partnering with only the best brands inside and outside of the industry, so better your riding experience and your lifestyle by supporting the sponsors who support us. And if you enjoy the show, the best thing you can do is support our partners. 
If you're interested in becoming a partner of the show, shoot me a message or email today for more details. We are running a discounted partnership rate to assist small businesses, so message or email us today to keep your brand relevant. Once again, thanks to all of our sponsors. All right, guys, we're stoked to bring you a panel of gentlemen tonight to help cover what happened in a pivotal weekend down in Texas at Three Palms, the doubleheader. Let me first introduce owner of SSI Decals, Mr. Ian Harris. What's up, Ian? Thanks for all the support of the podcast and for joining us tonight. Hey, Cody. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Um, It's an honor to be on the show and uh, give you my view for sure. Yeah, so happy to have you, buddy. Next up, brought to you by Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components. He's an ATV racing mogul, the man behind Rip It Up Films, Mr. Gloop Mayhe. Thanks for coming on, Gloop. I appreciate it. I'm uh, ready to get started and talk about what happened last weekend, and uh, thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, we've been trying to make it, uh, make it happen for a while, so I appreciate you fitting us in. And this last guy said he had, to, he had to come on this week, so he was a late entry, but we made it happen. Brought to you by Launderville Steel, and he's here to stir things up. From Impact Solutions, it's Casey Greek. Welcome back, brother. Thanks, Cody. It's been a little while since we've done this, and a uh, little different pace for this show. So excited to be here and excited to see what we can hash out this weekend. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm stoked to have the trio of you guys uh, here to join me. And and all of you are so plugged into the sport. And on top of that, we were all in Texas watching all the craziness go down. So um, I'm excited to to talk about the racing. So uh, yeah, let's just dive right in here. So obviously the biggest storyline coming into the weekend was the title battle between Joel and Chad. Seven points separated the two coming in. And that meant that Joel had to win four of the final five motos um, to guarantee a title. And honestly, in what was probably the most impactful weekend of professional ATV racing we've ever seen with three motos and all those points up for grabs, I don't think you could have come up with a better venue for the battle because it was Sandy. So that um, typically would lend itself towards Chad, but it was also jumpy and technical, which, you know, we typically associate with being a Joel Hetrick style racetrack. So I guess what I'm saying is I think the track was um, built in a way that wasn't partial to either title combatant. So Gloop, what did you think when you first saw the circuit coming into the weekend? And uh, what did you think of Three Palms um, as a whole? Well, at first when I showed up, um, you know, looked at the track, uh, looked at the other tracks at the facility, and I was like, which one are we racing at? So um, obviously, all the flags are on the main track uh, right there when you when you go in. Um, I thought it was cool in in general just to be at a different facility. We don't get to go to many different facilities. Um, that's one thing that weirdly COVID brought to us this year was we got to go to places we never really would expect to go. And uh, I was really pumped on it. You know, it was uh, a lot very busy when you're, you know, standing in the infield in inside there and kind of easy to cover a lot at once but also like kind of agitating to like one guy goes by you you miss a shot and it, it was just like kind of overwhelming at first but we got uh we got it down and it was actually turned out to be a really cool track it got really beat up really rough um you know would like to see some of those faces be rebuilt so the guys could actually not case every jump at the track <laughs> i felt bad for them every guy was casing every jump i guess that's where the you know impact solutions comes in with the shocks Casey but uh 
yeah, it was a it was a good time, and you know the the wakeboarding, the uh, cable park they call it, that was like really really cool. And then they had the uh, guy riding a jet ski and uh, people testing out boats, and it, the facility itself was just awesome. Yeah, it was super cool. I was really impressed with the facility as a whole. I thought the racetrack was was really good. Um, it was almost like Daytona-like or, or Soaring Eagle-like kind of. And uh, like you said, I don't know that I've ever, um, with the exception of maybe Daytona, I don't know that we've seen a man-made track um, get as rough as that place did. So, And, and you can't argue that the racing was uh, didn't end up being super good. So um, I was really impressed. Now, Ian you work super closely with all these top teams in ATV motocross. What were your expectations coming into the double header? Because in my mind, I was thinking, you know, we were in for a treat on one hand, Chad, Chad Whedon was going to try to put the ball in his court with a couple of wins and take the pressure off heading into the, you know, the final round um, coming up here. But on the other hand, you had to know that Joel Hetrick was going to win or die trying because he had no room for error. Right. So what were your expectations heading into the weekend? Well, kind of to even give you my, my view on the track as well as, like Gloop said, so I wasn't able to get there until Saturday. Um, I was hanging out with Bryce's family uh, during the day on Friday, and I seen some of the guys came over that evening, and I was pumping them like, "What's what's the track like? Is it you know is it going to get Redbud rough, Sunset Ridge rough? Like is it clay? You know, real sandy? You know what's the what's the surface like?" And I and I was getting mixed uh, reviews from them all, you know, some of them are like, Oh yeah, it's going to get gnarly out there. Super rough. And some are like, Oh, you know, it's, I mean, it'll get rough, but not too bad. And so then, you know, in your mind, you're like trying to figure out who it's going to favor, you know, what, what riders it's going to favor least most, you know, how it's going to pan out and got there Saturday. I was like, I was impressed with the, with the facility. I mean, it was top notch, Absolutely. And, you know, I've seen the first gate drop and Bryce comes around there. I'm just like, dang, you know, that kid definitely can, can start. Yeah. He's got a little advantage there being there before that metal uh, surface on the starting gate and so on, but whatever, that's, you know, it's no different. Everybody has to start there and it's yep. no different than going on a different track, but i from that point and you know those guys coming around I was like not real sure how everything was going to end up because he was you know obviously going to put up a fight and then all of a sudden they that inside corner gets jammed up and and I seen Chad just rail around the outside and I was just like oh man here we go <laughs> so I I mean like you said it was it was do or die for Joel. I mean, he's had to put it all on the line basically to, to get, you know, gain any points he could possibly. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, like I said, as, as spectators of this thing, um, it couldn't be any better for us. Cause you yeah. know, you know, you have the two title guys, they're going to, you know, uh, go all out for it. You have a couple of wild cards like Bryce. And, uh, so yeah, it, it's, it was super exciting. I thought the, the track was, um, really good. Like, like you said, I thought it made for some, some really good racing down the stretch. And, uh, and it was exciting. Like, like Gloop said, it's exciting to go to some new places 
races. So, um, so yeah, we'll get a little bit more into the racing here. Casey, you helped um, commentate the races and had a bird's eye view for this thing. So Chad comes out in the first moto, passes Bryce early and wins that first moto of the weekend. Joel pressured um, him throughout the moto, but Chad gets it done. And after, a ve- after, uh, you know, the very first moto, I guess, of those last five that we had been talking about what had to happen and the math and all that stuff, Joel had no room for error after that very first one when, when Chad made that happen. So, uh, Casey, take us through that, that first moto a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, obviously Bryce shot out there like a rocket, got himself in the position that he wanted to be in. And I think Joel chose that line in that sense of let's get in there inside of Bryce or go inside with Bryce, and it just so happened, Bryce just made a little bobble and held him up. And, man, I've never seen in my life Chad Wienan railed outside of a berm that fast. And it was just like a slingshot. And from, from where I was standing, you couldn't see what had happened to Bryce and Joel. You've seen that they had control of the first turn, and then coming into that second hand, second turn in the right-hander there, you just thought they were going to pop up and control it just the way that we would all – inflict uh what is going to happen there and all of a sudden chad comes to the tabletop first and you know there's no bryce no joel and everyone's freaking out and then you know here they come and you know come to find out a little bit later on there was a little not a, a mishap but just a small mistake in there and that's what kind of caused that and then it was just a dog fight from there i mean joel would come in put the time in put the effort in and get into chad and chad did chad he just wrote a solid race so um, from the from the standpoint that we had as a race in general, it's unbelievable. Um, from a pressure standpoint for Joel losing that first moto, I think it really turned on the pressure for the second moto and for the third moto and then going into SOB and, you know, we'll discuss the second moto and further here in a little bit. Absolutely. Um, yeah, from the, from the very beginning in that first moto, um, those two set a precedent for what those three motos were going to be like. And um, Joel just about made the move in that like big, you know, their little roller tabletop and then big like tabletop triple thing. He had just about made the move there with uh, using that outside line and um, Chad covered it just like he covered all the, the rest of the racetrack throughout that race. And um, it was crazy, but those two guys were going fast and, um, and Ian, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to come back to you on this one because you're close with, uh, you know, you're close to that Ford brothers racing program there. Bryce grabbed the whole shot in that first moto. Like we talked about, he held off a lace race charge from Thomas Brown and, um, Fords had told me that that was the first time that the big three of Weenan, Hetrick and Brown had been split up when there wasn't a uh, um, when they weren't split up due to a DNF um, for the first time in a number of years. So Bryce Ford, man, he's the, he's the real deal. We've been talking about him a lot, obviously on these shows and he continues to blow our minds. What, uh, what do you have to say about this kid? Cause you see some yeah. of it firsthand, you know, closer than some of us and it's, it's just unreal, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's crazy. I mean, when I seen him, you know, out there, even in, in third and and he just cracks me up the way he rides and looks around he's constantly got his head going all over the place and i yeah. tell him that i said what are you doing like are you are you like shaking your head because you're mad at yourself or you know he's like oh, no i just ride like that you know and it just I, it totally just cracks me up though. every yeah. time i see him like looking down he's looking in fact i watched one of the 
the recap video and somebody, I don't know if it was Joel or Chad came right up alongside him. He just looks right over at him. You know, I'm just like, none of them other guys do that stuff, you know? Right. Right. So I remember, you know, in years past even, and I remember thinking he's not going to do that when he gets to the pro class and sure enough, here we are, he's doing it. And, and he's got that Bryce Ford style. And I feel like now you even see like the kids doing it. Right. Cause now Bryce is the, the big dog. So now you see these younger kids doing the same thing that Bryce does. So uh, he's, he's just, everything he does is impressive honestly yeah and he's he's putting the time in i mean you know and and so much of this yeah i mean any racing whether it's quads dirt bikes whatever it is mental i mean as much as of it as also physical i mean you've got to have the drive you gotta you know basically tell yourself that you know yeah you want to win and I'm going to win and I'm going to run up front with these guys. And if you don't have the drive, you can put in all the hard work and you're still not going to run with them. So he has that mentality, like, and he's not worried about running up there with them. He's going to race them hard, you know, Mm -hmm. and yeah, he's not going to mess up their championship, but if he's up there, he's going to run it. I mean, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, um, right before we got on, on the, the interview here, um, my dad and I were talking about it and it's like, there's just guys, there's athletes, there's people that just are wired different and they just have that killer mentality and you either like got it or you don't. And he's he's got it. And there's never been any doubt, you know, but uh, he's even been more impressive. I think I I say this, um, you know, I do some of the writing for the, the Ford brothers team there and I've been saying it all year somehow Bryce has managed to live up to the hype that came, that came yeah. with him coming into the season. And uh, I don't know how he did it, but he's like lived up to and then surpassed it. It's just unreal. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, let's, as we transition then, you know, Chad gets that huge Moto one win. Joel finishes, he was right there, but he finished his second Bryce holds off Thomas as Thomas is kind of coming from the back after that, uh, you know, first lap melee there. And, uh, Bryce had to earn it on the last lap. So that was impressive. And then in moto two, Thomas grabs the whole shot. And I felt that coming after, um, after he had to play catch up in moto one, but then some crazy racing ensues. Joel muscles his way by Thomas. Chad is in third at the time and a charging Bryce Ford passes the six time champ and distances himself from, from Chad for a bit. So um, gloop when, when's the last time you saw um, something like that happen? Because I can't remember. And I was thinking to myself, I can't, I, I couldn't even believe my eyes because I can't remember the last time I saw somebody like race by or race with Chad, the way that Bryce did in that second moto. Honestly, I don't recall it happening. I mean, within my existence in this industry, um, you know, when Chad gets out fr- at front, you know, years ago, it's like, okay, it's over. That's just, you know, he's smooth. He's, he's calculated. It's, you know, it's Chad Wien. And, and uh, it was really cool to see, you know, Bryce pass, pass him, get a little gap. And then later on, k- keep up with those guys, like kind of make some moves in corners that looked like Bryce was going to pass. And it, it was really actually cool to see someone battle with these guys. Like you said, first year pro. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was just exciting. 
it was super exciting. And I don't know that the, like, if you go back and look at the lap times or whatever, I don't even know that that fully tells the story because for, for a couple, like a couple laps there, maybe like lap two, three, four, or something like that in that range, um, Bryce looked like the fastest guy on the racetrack. Like he came from kind of a gap back and, you know, passes Chad runs up on the, on the guys ahead of him. It was, uh, it was super impressive. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was crazy. And that second moto was the one moto where, um, you know, Joel kind of distanced himself. That was the one moto where, you know, it wasn't really tight one and two. Um, and I, and I think maybe Chad was kind of saving himself knowing, uh, okay, by the time he got up to second, Joel had kind of set sail and, you know, this is uncharted territory because they got another kind of pro program on Sunday. So, um, Joel wins, Chad eventually gets by Bryce, like I said, and then, and then passes Thomas as well. But Joel claimed the overall win on Saturday and took all the momentum back as well. Um, so Casey, like I said, you were commentating what stood out in that second moto for, for you. I think, I mean, like anyone, just the sheer raw speed of Bryce Ford. Um, I think none of us are surprised by it, I guess they're on our professional level. Like we've all expected it. Um, but like little Brycey's getting dicey with these guys. And I think that's, um, an amazing, an amazing feat when you get into the level of Thomas, Joel, Chad, you know, and, you know, you kind of nailed it right there. I think once Chad got into the second position, he knew they're going to split motos, no damage done, no, you know, no real gang, but he knew he had this extra moto on Sunday. And that was where he wanted to make the decision for the year or for the championship, I would say. Um, And, you know, going into that last moto or the Sunday morning moto, he's obviously put it all out there. So it's um, one of those things, I think, with Bryce developing and and maturing into the professional racer he is, you know, Chad's going to race him. But at the same time, Chad, and, and no offense to Bryce, but Chad's smarter than Bryce when it comes to racecraft. So he's not going to risk anything. There's too much on the line. So he's going to let Bryce go at it. And it's it's spectacular for us as fans. Like, you're a race fan. I'm a race fan. Ian, Gloop, like, the only reason we're all still doing this and involved with this is because of being race fans. So the racing, I would say, for the first four or five laps is just incredible right now. And then when you throw the element of the hype of a pro rookie and then you get the seasoned veterans, Thomas, Joel, Chad, those guys, you know, and then there's other guys that are starting to insert themselves into this equation. We are in the driver's seat of having some of the best racing that we've had in many, many years. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's so, so refreshing to see a, a guy like Bryce get up in the mix. And then um, just like you said, I mean, he's been so racy that uh, it's, it's, I, I don't remember a time when we've seen anything like this. So um, I want to take an upper, uh, a second to do the full rundown um, as we kind of complete our, our coverage of day one there. So um, Joel gets the overall, like we talked about, Chad second. Um, between those two, they ended the day same as they started the day in points wise. Um, but to, you know, for Joel to just outright win this thing guaranteed, he was going to have to win the next three motos. Thomas uh, rebounded after that um, kind of comeback ride he had to have in the first moto. He finishes third overall. He puts it on the podium. 
Bryce Ford finishes fourth with the the three four scores. Um, Nick Janusa he rounded out the top five uh, just like that. Nick um, is kind of back in in the driver's seat for that top five and point spot for the sixth uh, year in a row. So that's pretty impressive. Um, sixth overall on the day was Logan Stanfield. I thought that that was uh, pretty monumental for him because that backed up that top five that he had in the round previous. West Lewis finished seventh, which was super impressive. He's uh, just so steady. Um, he, he's coming up later on the show, so we'll hear from him. But great ride for West Lewis there in seventh. Eighth was Brogan Geyer. That's his first top ten uh, of his career, so good for Brogan. Ninth overall was Cody Ford. That's his first top ten of the season, so super good job for Cody there on home turf in Texas. Um, rounding out the top ten was Hayden Mickelson, so super good ride for him. Wesley Wolf, he broke in Moto 1, and that kind of uh, put a damper on his day there. So he finished 11th overall. 12th was Alan Myers. He broke in Moto 1. He crashed in Moto 2 at the at the start of Moto 2 and rode as hard as he could for as long as he could. But he uh, ended up 12th there, not the day that he was wanting. Ty Hudson um, finished 13th overall. 14th overall was Troy Hill, who I think was having some bike problems. And uh, same for the the last two, Jeffrey Rastrelli and Noah Mickelson, uh, 14th and – I'm sorry, 15th and 16th. I think they were also suffering some bike problems there. So I wanted to give the full rundown of day one before we transition into day two. So um, Sunday, the day starts out with the kid taking the top spot and qualifying by over a second and a half. And um, then – um, kind of leading up right into the motos there. Bryce Ford gets the, another hole shot, two of three on the weekend, and has uh, he was going full send mode early in, uh, in the third moto there. Um, so I'm going to go back to our Bryce Ford insider here. Ian, what was the, the feeling like under the tent after Bryce took the, the top spot and qualifying on Sunday morning and then now uh, leading into that first moto on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I was watching the the qualifiers up on top of a, a, one of the motorhomes there, and I seen that track out there, and that thing was just like mint, you know. I was like, man, I was like, that is that's my kind of track. First thing in the morning, you know, just no tracks on it, and Bryce is out there, and I mean, he was definitely moving and hitting his marks right away early, you know. He'll go out there and just burn fast laps, and. I mean, at, when I seen the times, I was like, what? He's like, it wasn't at like four seconds at one point or three yes. or four seconds. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, I couldn't even believe it, you know? And then uh, I think at the end, Chad might have knocked it down, you know, a couple, he put a burner in and ended up, it was Bryce, Joel, and then Chad uh, was within two seconds of him or mm-hmm. something like that. And even yep. Bryce made the comment like, I thought Chad was going to get me on that last lap. He's like, I seen he was putting in a heater and, and, you know, I thought he was going to get him, but yeah, he, you know, he's, he's such a happy go lucky kid anyway. And, you know, after, you know, he found out he was top qualifier. I mean, he's just, you know, all smiles and he's, you know, overall just, he's always bubbly and, Mm -hmm. and for the most part and yeah, you know, just, 
I mean, yeah. he was jacked. There's no doubt, you know? Absolutely. You know, I feel like it was kind of a combination of, um, you're just seeing him get more and more and more momentum. Then you put him on that kind of track that he, or, or that track, I should say specifically, um, the track that he, he knows so well, it's like a home track to him kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, he was crazy in that qualifier. And then when you start to talk about the moto there and Ian, you kind of, um, kind of talked about it earlier, but did any of you guys notice this? I mean, he was like so pumped up at the beginning of that, of that moto on Sunday, he was shaking his head. And I swear to you, he was like psyching himself up in the air um, while he's in the midst of a battle up front. It was, it was crazy. Did any of you guys see that? Yeah, he was doing it right by us. Like, you know, I was right at the finish line and you could see him doing it. And that's, it's kind of what like Bryce does a lot of times. And, you know, like Ian kind of pointed it out earlier, he's always doing something with his head. And, you know, he had a big crowd of people up there on top of the motorhomes and along that fence line. And so just, you know, like some of these guys, they get so focused when they race and they put so much emphasis on almost not having fun. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we all started this or, you know, every one of those guys started doing this because it's fun and watching Bryce in those moments, like I, like I enjoyed at times or, all the time, I should say, but just seeing him like shaking his head and like looking over at everyone standing on the motorhome. And he knows like, that's my people. Like those guys are all there for me. And so he's, the show is good with Bryce Ford. There's a lot of people that are going to be out there and be like, Oh, the kid needs to focus and he needs to not pay attention to everything going on around him, but he can go that fast and he's still paying attention to, you know, everyone's standing on top of the motorhomes and giving everyone a show. Bring it. Bring it. Let's all do that. Let's all put on this show because that's what's going to draw this crowd in. Absolutely. Like, I I feel like you can't argue it because he's, uh, he's doing, he's doing as well as he is and he's still keeping his personality. He's still having fun. I mean, that's, that's uh, the the pro class is gnarly, right? I mean, I I feel like I spend a lot of these episodes trying to tell people how gnarly the pro class is. So when you do see that personality show through, I think that it's, uh, it's really cool to see Gloop. Did, did you have anything to weigh in there on the the antics of, uh, of Bryce Ford? Uh, I just really never know if he's happy or excited or mad when he's doing his crazy stuff in the air. You know, he's moving his head around. Uh, he's looking down. He's looking over. I don't know if he's trying to signal somebody something. And I'm always kind of just confused as, you know, what's going on. But uh, yeah, it's really cool to see, obviously, someone different right up front. Um, we don't want to see the same guys all the time. I've been doing this a long time. We always have seen the same guys for the last couple of years. So it is cool seeing someone new, you know, fresh to the uh, top three. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's just a, it's a good time to be an ATV motocross fan for sure. So, um, Joel gets by Bryce early in the, in the first couple laps there, I'd say of that third moto Chad's still back in third and, and Gloop, I'll go right back to you. I was thinking for sure that Joel was going to set sail there. Um, is that what you were expecting? Cause I'm sure, I mean, we've seen this thing before, like on Saturday, um, I was talking to somebody at my pit, prior to the second moto. And I'm like, man, I've seen this so many times. Like if Chad wins the first moto, Joel just counters and wins the second moto, right? Like we've seen it so many times. Um, so in that, that third moto, Joel gets out front and I think he's just going to walk away. Um, were you kind of in the same train of thought there or, uh, tell me what you were thinking as you see Joel take the lead and Chad's still in third. 
Um, what's the uh, when when did he get to like out front? What's on what lap? Joel, I think it must have been must have. I think Bryce officially led one lap, and okay. then Joel took the lead. Okay, yeah. yeah so, um, where I was towards the finish line, there was that little table, big table, kind of like a triple thing. Yeah. Um, I've never seen. Usually, Chad's like charging behind Joel, like staying with him. It looked like like he was flying, like he wanted it, and you could tell how close they were coming into that that pro only section that something was going to happen, and that right there at the finish line is when something happened. <laughs> yeah, I it's crazy because I wasn't necessarily um, expecting it, and then I don't think I was expecting the the move right. I mean, right there, I don't think so. Um, we all know what actually happened, Gloop. Uh, you know, mentioned it right there. Um, and maybe the clutchest move of the year, Chad makes a, a move for the lead on Joel. So Casey, again, you were commentating. I think you said that that actually that spot was blind to you at the time. I'm sure you've seen the footage since then. Um, take us through that move that Chad made for the lead. And, um, you know, like I said, that was uh, probably the most pivotal, pivotal move of the year. And then uh, talk about how the rest of the, the moto played out there. And that could be the most important move of the year in general. Like yeah. at this point in the series and what's going on right now, I mean, that's by far like the most clutch move that Chad or if this role was, you know, reversed, could have been in the entire thing. But it really led down, you know, Bryce setting a blistering pace. Joel made a pretty ballsy, like inside pass going back to the backside of the track. And I'm like, okay, like he just put himself in his position. Like Joel's doing what Joel does. And Chad was in third and, and Bryce was obviously no slouch and really a thorn in Chad's side. So when they come, come back towards us, say from the announcing tower, the, the front side of the track there, Chad had closed on Bryce. I'm like, whoa. And it's kind of like what Gloop said, like Chad was just hungry and just it, it's all now. And Chad's typically a later moto guy. And so here, here's a sprint that he's throwing out there right now. And he, he put it inside Bryce, and he, he basically told Bryce, like, welcome to the pro class. Here's my tires. Boom, pushed Bryce out of the way. Still hit the double to the single out. Made the right-hander. And he was making it, like, a foot further than Joel was in that pro-only section. Yep, he was. Over the double that was, like, almost right in front of the finish line. Yep, and in the next corner, he was just like running over almost the backside of Joel that quick, and I'm like, I I can't even process it that fast as as it all happened. And he did what any anyone would have done. I mean, he gave Joel a little bump. I'll say it; it is what it is. I would have done the same thing. Joel would have done the same thing. Um, I may have done it worse. (laughs) Chad may have done it worse if he would have had to. Joel may have done it worse if he had to. It's racing. These guys are racing for livelihoods, you know, pride. Everything is on the line. So hats off to Chad. He put it in early. He he made it stick. And, you know, Joel flat out said, like, I wasn't 100% happy with my riding. There was one pivotal mistake mid-moto. And I think if that mistake wouldn't have happened, Joel was pretty close. Obviously, yep. we've seen the recap video of Joel Case in the big pro double on the backside. That was a pivotal moment in the corner before it. Joel had a 
a little bit of a hiccup in that corner. Didn't get enough to get over that double. Bounces head off the handlebars over that double. Makes the right hander. Bounces head off the next one. Yep. Moto over. Yeah. You're, you're not going to make three mistakes in a line and beat Chad Wiener. Right. You know, I I saw that um, the casing of that big double on the, the replay video. And I thought like I could literally feel the momentum, like, man, something like that takes the fight out of a person. And, and Joel kept coming back, you know, he kept fighting, he kept fighting. Um, you, I'm glad you mentioned too, that there was a couple jumps on that track, but specifically that one in the pro section that you were talking about where, Chad was just getting over him so clean. And if you add up that, you know, a little spot here and a little spot there and a little spot there where um, it's even just that 1% less effort that Chad needs to give to get over the thing and land it cleanly, that's all going to add up. And I just, I found myself on the side of that track watching, you know, Chad and Joel, obviously, but watching those guys just lap after lap after lap, they're like, going the same speed, not slowing down. And honestly, in that third moto, I was thinking maybe Joel was going to have a little bit of an advantage because like we alluded to earlier, um, Chad likes the track getting rough. And I was worried that like, you know, maybe we weren't going to see that, you know, kind of real even dog fight for these guys because the track was going to be smoother. And that didn't really end up being the case. I mean, Chad just um, looked like he just went out there and bulldogged and, and the pace was absolutely crazy for, for both of those guys. Um, it's like they just keep pushing each other to go faster and faster and faster. So with that win, um, Chad is now 10 points um, ahead with two motos remaining. He doesn't have to beat Joel in either moto at south of the border. Um, Gloop, I'm going to throw it back to you. You are so you you're around these guys. And like you said, you've been around them for, uh, you know, uh, many years now, um, weekend in and weekend out. Were you surprised with the outcome? Because I wasn't, I wasn't surprised with, um, I guess I would say I was surprised with maybe the, the way that it played out, but um, I thought that Chad would, would come out with some serious urgency in that third moto. And I think he even came out with more urgency than I would have, uh, would have expected. And now the ball's kind of in his court as we head into, uh, south of the border. I kind of didn't really know what we would see being that it was an extra moto that we haven't had before. Um, you know, I didn't know how rested or, or how people can take an, another extra moto or a day after a full two qualifiers, two motos, how they could handle that. So I didn't really know it was going to happen there. Um, I didn't even know that Joel case that big double. Um, I saw that in the footage later and I was like, Holy crap. Like, you know, that was, that was a hard hit. Um, <clears throat> other than that, like I was kind of expecting a couple other guys to be up front with them more. And I don't, I, I didn't even look into it. What happened to those guys, but I know there was a lot of battling, back mid pack. And, uh, I don't know if you does what happened to Thomas. Does anyone know where Thomas was that moto? Ironically, yeah. you broke a chain. Oh. Yeah. See, I, I didn't even see that from where I was filming from. He was so, jumping that inside line right after a couple turns after the finish line tabletop. And I was watching Joel do it too, trying to gain on Chad. He would, he would launch that thing like literally launch it and there was some ruts on the outside they were catching and that's what thomas caught those yep. ruts and it just yeah yeah you're exactly that 
headed to that triple by the yeah. kind of by the freeway yeah. there. And it was really interesting. I was wondering if that played a role in that it had to have, cause that's where the chain came off or, or broke, but they were like jumping that single and then jumping out of the, the train track ruts to get to like the smooth line. And that's where, that's where Thomas's chain broke. So, um, yeah, but unfortunately for Thomas, um, you know, he broke there and then that kind of paved the way for, for, uh, Bryce to kind of, I mean, he ran with those front two for a good share of that moto. So not just did he finish third, but he was a factor, um, in that one for, for a lot of the moto. So, um, Ian, were you impressed by the fact that he kept Joel and Chad in his sights for so long and tell us about the emotions following, uh, you know, the, the second career, um, podium there for Bryce following that race. Yeah. I mean, I was real surprised that, you know, not knowing if he's going to be able to hold his pace or not. In fact, I was earlier today looking at some lap times from that moto and just comparing them to, to Joel and Chad's. And I mean, he was running right like 203s, 205s consistently the whole moto with those guys. And I mean, he kept him honest, you know, I mean, that's, that's what's so cool about it. It's just, it's bringing it to another level and, and it's, so good for us fans to be able to see some fresh blood up there. It's like, you know, it just puts a smile on my face too. Just to not just because it's a different person, you know, it's, it's awesome. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's so cool. It's hard to, to um, it's crazy. I should say to see what Bryce is doing. He's in his first year and, you know, we saw it a little bit with Joel, but I mean, when, when Joel was a rookie, but to see what Bryce is doing against guys that have done this for a decade at the very front of this class, it, it's really, um, truly unreal. And, and Ian, I know um, you're a, a major part of Chad's program and you have been since the very beginning. So I remember it must've been after the very first race of the year, it must've been Daytona. Um, we were kind of messaging back and forth and, and you had mentioned uh, something along the lines of Chad kind of turning back the clocks and uh, you know, you know, they say father time is undefeated, but Chad is, is trying to prove him otherwise. It's crazy how he just continues to, he's the best version of himself. And, you know, he's been yeah. a pro for 15 years. It's, it's unreal. Yeah, it's, it's impressive for sure. And, you know, I was talking to him after the race and, and asked him about that pass because I seen it from where I was standing and I, and I couldn't tell until I watched the, the video clip afterwards, I couldn't tell how hard he bumped him, but just from what I seen, I, I thought, uh, I mean, I was, was like, that wasn't like an intentional slam, like move out of the way. And, and then I, I just asked him, I was like, I was like, man, that was a good pass. How'd you get around him? He's like, honestly, I didn't even mean to like bump him. I came in there. I was going to, I was basically going to panic rev him. And he, he must've like just hit the rut a little too hard or something, just checked up more than he thought he was gonna. And Chad just bumped him enough to move him out of the way. And, you know, and wow. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, I mean, I've, you know, been part of his program for a long time and you know, it's, it's just, it's crazy. It's, you know just to see the age difference from him to Bryce and he's just still a machine out there it's just mind-boggling 
Yeah, he's incredible. And I think it's easy for any of us sports fans in general of any of any athletes or sports, but to take for granted what we're seeing. And uh, I mean, Chad, obviously, with his run of so many championships, being so consistent, all that stuff. And, and, and Joel, too. I mean, both of those guys. Um, you just don't want to take for granted the dominance that we have seen because both of them are incredible. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I let that comment go before when you guys were talking about it too. Um, I let it kind of pass without commenting on it. But when you saw the the footage, even of that, of that pass, I mean, it's definitely not a dirty move. I mean, I can see if, if any of us suffered it, maybe, you know, in the moment you're going to be like, you know, what the heck, but that's, yeah it's not uh was was definitely um no bad intentions there and, and you're saying maybe chad didn't even mean to mean to do it that way but uh just looked like a either a strategic or i mean it was just a minor mix-up but uh yeah it was it was a crazy crazy third moto there it was kind of the beginning of every moto ended up being crazy and then down the stretch the the cream always seemed to rise to the top so um before i before i pass this i'd like to kind of tie a bow on it because here's a quick recap of Bryce Ford's weekend. Fastest qualifier in two of the three sessions, whole shot awards in two of the three motos, finishing in the top three in two of the three motos, fourth in the other, led laps, diced it up with some of the greatest ATV racers ever, and grabbed his second career pro class podium. So Casey, we're, we're losing Thomas to retirement. We know that by now, but there's there still may be a top three because we might just be plugging Bryce Ford right back into this thing, huh? Yeah, there's a good chance. Um, I mean, I think you can you can call on the likes of Alan Myers, um, you know, Brogan Geyer, Logan Stanfield, so many, you know, Nick Janusa, obviously he wants to be mentioned in this equation too. So yeah. there's a lot of guys that could fall into that place and and everyone's going to say what they want or whatever. But as we speak today, going off of this past weekend that what we experienced, Bryce Ford is inserting him into that himself into that position. And even what I've seen a little bit is it, is Bryce's later, real late laps, and it and it progressively gotten better throughout the year. It seemed like earlier on in the in the moto he would fall off, and then a little bit later, a little bit later, and now he's getting to the point where he's continuing to be very strong at the end of the motos and that's what it's going to take to be that guy and I don't think Bryce is going to be oh we're just going to fall him into a third place guy like there's still going to be some ups and downs there's going to be weekends where unfortunately or whatever certain circumstances happen he could be a seventh place guy sheer speed no like he's he's a top three guy and I'm not even going to put him in a third place like he's a top three guy Yep. But there's there's cases by case, you know, what goes on. But there's going to be a position or a time to where a bad day for him is going to be third place. Mm-hmm. And the, the the pivotal moment on that is if Joel's still involved, if Chad's still involved, and when his day becomes a bad day in third place, it's going to be very, very exciting for all of us and the fans and the race teams in general. I mean, none of us like a boring weekend and let's face it we've had some in the past yep. and with someone like Bryce in there with his blonde hair waving and doing Bryce's thing he's bringing interest into that deal what I want to see is guys like Alan Logan Brogan 
Nick, you know, all these guys to start put that pressure in. Jeffrey, like, like let's make Jeffrey great again. Like, yes. we're going to bring that out right now. Like, I'll be cheesy. I don't care. Let's bring <laughs> Jeffrey into it. Uh, Noah Mickelson. Noah has the the talent of Bryce Ford. Mm-hmm. He always has been one of the most talented guys, just as Bryce has, all the way through his amateur career. Yep. Let's get Noah in that mix. And I, I've seen the speed out of Noah so many times this this past weekend and, and weekends all year long. Like, the guy has the sheer raw talent. So – that's one of those things. And, you know, Hayden's another guy. I and mean, there's other guys that we can insert that aren't even in the class yet. So we could go all night about who may or what. But right now, at this moment, Bryce Ford is putting himself in that position to be recognized as, let's call it, quote, unquote, Thomas's replacement. Yeah, 100%. I think uh... – think that you're absolutely right. And, and um, yeah, I mean, that's the interesting thing for the first time in a long time, you kind of go into the weekend, not knowing exactly what's going to happen. Um, when you start to consider, you know um, it's like Bryce has done a little bit more than some of those other guys. He's just looked more of a contender almost um, specifically this past weekend, but then, you know, Brandon Hogue and and he had some flashes early in the year. That's another guy that we didn't mention now. I mean, that's a, another guy going forward that can get back up there. Um, before we pass that by, it looks like Gloop, maybe you were, you were wanting to weigh in there. Do you got anything to, to add to that, uh, that conversation? Oh, it's uh, it funny. I was thinking about Noah, uh, you know, we haven't really seen his potential yet. Um, I think I always tell people it's a pie or a puzzle. You need to put the pieces together. I'd like to see him want it more. And I think we can see some speed out of that kid. You know, he's, he's fast. He's very naturally talented. And uh, if we get those pieces together, uh, I'd kind of like to see him up front. That's kind of really all I had to say on that one. Perfect. No, I'm glad you weighed in there though, because uh, yeah, I mean, I've said on previous shows too, I've seen it. Uh, I've seen it as well firsthand, like his natural talent is, is crazy. And I think it rivals just about anybody. So um, he pieced it together in that third and final moto, um, you know, and, and put together the the best ride of his season in his career. So let's uh, let me run down that, the, the, the full results from that final third moto. So Chad Wienan, big win for him. Joel Hetrick second, Bryce Ford gets a second career podium there in third. Nick Janusa puts together on uh, a really good weekend for him. He was fourth overall on, on Sunday, Alan Myers. He rebounded from Saturday finishes in the top five on Sunday um, with a fifth there. Wesley Wolf. He also rebounded, finished sixth, um, Jeffrey Rastrelli, he rebounded and, and finished seventh, who had a tough day on, on Saturday. So he finished seventh. Good to see Jeffrey at least back in the mix there a little bit. Um, Noah Mickelson, like I said, eighth overall for him on Sunday. Um, super impressive. We know he's got something uh, in him. It's just kind of figuring out a way how to tap into it. So season and career best for him with eighth overall. Um, ninth was Logan Stanfield. He's now got a stranglehold on that top 10 spot, um, with only two motos remaining. So, um, good ride for Logan there. 10th overall, uh, for day two was Cody Ford. That was another top 10 for him. So that was good. West Lewis was 11th. Uh, Hayden Mickelson was 12th. Brogan Geyer was 13th. Ty Hudson was 14th. Thomas Brown, he broke a chain. We talked about that. He was 15th. And uh, Troy Hill 
did not start um, in that third moto. I think maybe he was having some bike problems. We'll get right back to the show, but now a word from our sponsors. And thank you for listening to these ads. Without these great companies, none of this would be possible. Show your support for the people who support us. Before Digging Deep was even a reality, back when it was just an idea, CST Tires already believed in us, which is fitting because no one believes in their tires more than I do. Our title sponsor, CST Tires, and their Pulse MXR tires continue to hook every rider strong enough and willing to grab a handful of throttle after mounting them on their ride. Used by Thomas Brown to win races and clinch a third straight Quad Cross of Nations title, Nick Janusa when he grabbed his first career pro-class podium, and myself, Cody Jansen, as I rode my Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound rears to a 2019 national championship in the Junior 25 Plus class. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offers the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Visit csttires.com to join the CST Takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. Anybody that I've gotten to try them, I've heard nothing but positive things back. We're proud to be Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Why choose Yamaha? Look no further than Chad Wienan's six championships in the past eight seasons aboard his Yamaha YFZ450R. Not to mention Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing and their support of this podcast proves it. For the 2020 ATV MX season, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program will offer payout and prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more information, head to YamahaOutdoors.com and follow them on social media at Yamaha Outdoors today. All hail Blue Crew, the number one OEM supporter of ATV racing. For over 150 years, Valvoline has led the charge by being dedicated to constant improvement and innovation across all disciplines of racing. Valvoline has sponsored some of the greatest names in motorsports, and for the better part of a decade, I've been fortunate enough to be part of the historically great Team Valvoline. From my commuting vehicles to small engines, race quads, and everything in between, I trust nothing but Valvoline in all of my equipment. I've experienced increased function and durability as well as a longer life expectancy thanks to Valvoline's array of products and lubricants. Since 1866, Valvoline has been focused on bettering your experience, whether on road, on track, and everywhere in between. Upgrade to Valvoline today and check them out at Valvoline.com. SSI Decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Wienan, the company quickly took off, and today you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI Decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and oh yeah, six-time NHRA World Champion Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 chain. This patented X-ring chain boasts a steel alloy construction for reduced weight, increased strength, and a longer overall chain life, making it the optimal ATV racing chain. 
Pick up an ATV 2 chain today at your local dealer or wherever DID chains are sold. Don't forget about their motocross, off-road, and street bike chains as well. Wherever you go, go with DID. Hello listeners, this is Chad Wienan, six-time AMA ATV Pro National Champion, an owner of Wienan Motorsports and proud partner of Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast. The two of us share a strong passion for ATVMX. Owning my own team gives us the ability to handpick the best products on the market for our racing program. With consistent testing, research, and development, we are confident that when choosing the products we believe in, our customers will be satisfied in building their own race program as well. We race what we sell. With brands like Fox Shocks, Walsh Racecraft, SSI Decals, Wrath Racing, and Henson Racing, just to mention a few, go to check out WeenanMotorsports.com to see the full lineup. Enter discount promo code DIGDEEP at checkout. Enough talking already. Get out and get some fresh air and go ride. Hope to see you at the track soon. We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Numira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, that allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Numira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits, visit your local dealer or online at www.numira.com. Numira Technologies, pistons with an attitude. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV Components. Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, all the way down to suspension parts and bearing kits. Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world. Visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. The Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is also sponsored by DP Brakes, a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology. DP has been dominating the ATV world for decades by supporting the best four-wheeled racers on the planet. 2020 is no different, with an impressive lineup including AMA ATV Pro Class Champion Joel Hedrick and Phoenix Racing Honda Team, Cody Jansen and his 2019 Junior 25 Plus National Championship, Baldwin Motorsports, Nick Genuza, Wesley Wolf, and much more in the ATV motocross. In GNCC Racing, DP has 16 of the top 17 pros heading into 2020. This includes the champ Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Chris Borich, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, Adam McGill, and more. These riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on the top of the podium. Available at www.dp-brakes.com. Purchase at your local dealer or message us for the contact info today. What are you waiting for? Join the best ATV riders in the world on DP Brakes. 4Works Carbon's innovative lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber, and plastic hoods, gas tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, 4Works has the goodies that will improve your ride and make you salivate. We trust 4Works for increased function and a sexier look, and you should too. 4Works Carbon always working hard to bring high quality and innovative parts to the market. Check them out today at fwcarbon.com. Just like the sport of ATV motocross as a whole, our Digging Deep community is brought together by the love for racing that we all share. Our sport is compiled of many great people and leading that charge is the Launderville family at Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This racing owned family business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire United States. 
Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by the 4130 chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for ATVs and UTVs, off-road truck racing, late model dirt and pro tractor pulling series, drag racing, and more. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, but don't forget about their concrete division as well. With over 25 years of experience, the concrete division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables LSE to easily serve customers across the United States. For a quote, additional info, answers to more of your questions, or to talk a little racing, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. We are proud to be partnered with yet another racer-owned company. Thank you, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. We are proud to be partnered with Gripped Gloves. Gripped is an ATV rider-owned and operated brand with a rider in mind and the goal of keeping costs affordable. The Michigan-based family operation recognizes riders' desire to showcase their identity. Owner David Payne's love for eccentric colorways and crazy patterns shows in his product something not often found in the work of big manufacturers. Here to push stereotypes and limitations, Grip's drive is to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. With comfort and quality as key motivators, the family affair is constantly working on the next more innovative and improved glove. Get a grip on life, join the Gripped movement, because no one wants a bland glove. Check them out today at grippedgloves.com, that's G-R-I-P-T gloves.com, and use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout. If you were to guess, on average, how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? Americans have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. And if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a licensed doctor in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com digging for your free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com digging for your free online visit and free two-day shipping. We are also proud of our partnership with Factory 43. Factory 43 was born in 2007, making Nerf bars for the Suzuki LTR, Honda TRX450R, and Yamaha's YFZ450. The brand soon added bumpers and grab bars, and for years now has offered parts for all sport quads. The racer-owned company strives to offer a quality product that installs easy, looks good, and holds up over time. For 2020, Factory 43 is the aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing Honda team, providing riders like Joel Hetrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Chris Borich, and Grayson Eller with the motocross and cross-country versions of their Evo Nerf Bar and MX-style front bumpers. Head over to factory43atv.com to see their full line of products. Thanks to Factory 43. We are excited to dig deep with the support of Bikes, Trikes, and Quads, LLC. Celebrating their 10-year anniversary this May, the company was started by former racers selling three-wheeler parts out of a barn in upstate New York. Through hard work, accompanied by offering great service to their customers, BTQ LLC now has over 40,000 new and used parts in stock. 
but they haven't forgotten their roots, still offering used OEM parts for three-wheelers, dirt bikes, ATVs, and side-by-sides. Parts are in stock and ready to ship with delivery within three days, including free shipping on orders over $50. Use discount code ATVMX at www.btqllc.com for $10 off orders of $50 or more. We're grateful to have Bike Strikes and Quads LLC digging deep with us. Support our industry's grassroots businesses. Thank you, BTQ LLC. The Decker Training Facility at County Line MX is now open. This premier motocross training compound is located in beautiful Fountain, Florida, about a 40-minute drive from Panama City Beach. Their rapidly growing facility consists of a pro-level national track, amateur and youth tracks, woods loop, and mountain bike trails. Everything you need to train comfortably all winter long is available on site, including private cabins, a full gym, RV hookups, bathhouses, garage, dump station, wash bays, and more. With accommodations for riders across the country and around the world, the Decker Training Facility will help you become the best rider you can be. Sign up for a group training session or a private lesson with nationally ranked pros. Train tougher, smarter, and harder this off-season at one of Florida's most luxurious facilities. For more information, go to DeckerTrainingFacility.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. Decker Training Facility, your elite training experience. We are proud to be partnered with Avocado Green Mattresses. We all know that sleep and rest are an important part of any athlete's routine. Avocado's line of natural mattresses and pillows provide exactly the support you need to ensure you perform at your best while doing the best for the planet. The Avocado Mattress offers zoned back support with an internal support unit, meaning whether you are recovering from a hard day of riding or relaxing on a Sunday morning, you will be experiencing next-level comfort. You can rest in peace knowing the components in your mattress and pillow are non-toxic, natural, and sustainably sourced. And getting your avocado green mattress could not be any easier. They offer a 100-night sleep trial, free shipping and return pickups, and a 25-year warranty. And if that wasn't enough, rest assured knowing they have 5-star ratings by verified customers including some of the Digging Deep staff. Step up your sleep game by visiting avocadomattress.com. Thanks for listening, and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show. Before we transition into answering some listener questions before we go here, I want to uh, want to get some predictions for the final um, the final race that we have coming up yet from each of you guys, whether it be bold or not, just anything that you're expecting or anything you want to uh, – you know, the listeners to kind of be thinking as they um, kind of head into south of the border and watch all the action go down there. So Gloop, you're going to kick us off. I'll start with you. Um, what do you expect to happen at south of the border or any other, uh, any other predictions you want to share with us? Um, I don't know if I expect anything but the same top four to be up there. We might or might not have some new riders coming in from Pro-Am. Okay. Not for sure on that yet. But that could change up a lot of things. You know, um, you know, someone newer make a mistake could totally affect the championship, you know, stall in a corner, you know, the, the most generic things you can think of. But that could really change the championship. Um, it's a hard pack track. Joel's fast and hard pack. Thomas, uh, known for being, I guess, the mud rider. He doesn't like being called that. Um, but he was flying at Muddy Creek, and that was a hard pack track. 
So are we going to see him up front? That'd be really cool. Um, Obviously your top contenders are in there as always. Um, I don't think Hogue will be there, but it'd be cool to see him back at some point. Obviously next year um, he trains his butt off. So that'd be awesome. But like I said, if there's a new guy or, or a new couple guys, it'd be kind of cool to see something different. And uh, there might be some bumping and grinding, you know, might be some uh, attitude to the racing and, you know, I don't like I, I've said it for years. I don't care who wins. I just want to see different people win. Yep. Like I don't want. I've been saying the same thing for a long time, and I'd love to see someone completely off the charts just blow everyone's doors off and win, or something crazy happen, and we just get an exciting show. I make the TV shows. It's it's. I would love to have an exciting TV show for that last round. So, I hope uh, I hope we really have a good exciting last round at South of the Border. Absolutely. You're onto something because I feel like, uh, I feel like it's, if, if this last weekend was any kind of precursor, uh, things are getting more exciting than ever before. So, um, hope you're onto something there. Ian, we'll go to you next. Do you have any bold predictions or expectations, anything like that for the finale that, uh, you have on your mind? I mean, I also heard that there may be one or two new guys popping into the, to the pro class. So like Luke said, that'll always mix things up for sure. If, um, you know, there's a bobble here or there. Um, I mean, Chad knows what he has to do. Like you said, he doesn't have to win out. Um, I've never been to south of the border personally, but I've heard that it is a hard-packed style track, so it is going to favor Joel for sure. If he gets a good start, he's definitely going to gonna run and, and do what he needs to do. And I mean, the starts are crucial and they all know that and they're all going to fight for it no matter what. I mean, they have to take it a race at a time and that's, and I'm sure that's how they're looking at it as well. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting for sure. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I wouldn't be surprised to see one of those days, almost like we saw in Virginia where, you know, Joel, gets, you know, both hole shots. He kind of goes and does his own thing and just hopes that everything else falls into place for him. So um, we'll see, but it's going to be interesting because it's, it's been one of those years where, uh, you know, things are just getting more and more exciting. You don't know what to expect. And uh, yeah, it'll be really interesting. Casey, um, you're next. What do you got for us? And uh, what are you thinking about uh, heading into South of the border? I mean, in reality, I see a, a pretty stereo, stereotypical, Championship battle going down to the end, bar no DNFs, no major mistake. You're going to see our normal guys there. We can go with that. But then you have, like, the other side that gets, like, the wild, unpredictable, you know, do we get a situation like we've seen in the past with um, – in a Supercross scenario, does Joel slow down and start backing everyone up? And, you know, does Joel blow the start on purpose and come in and clean Chad out? Does Chad just say, screw it, I'm going for broke? and you know, go out and do, you know, pass Joel straight up like he did last weekend and, and win the motos just to put the explanation point on the year. It's, it's 2020. It's unbelievable that, and very, and I'm very thankful. I know all of us are that we're here racing and we're still doing what we're doing. It's the longest season that we've ever seen. So not in any ill intent on anyone, but I hope this, this last race is very, very exciting. I hope it's not just status quo. 
Yeah, I mean, it very well could be. If it was going to happen any year, this would be the year, I feel like. Um, yeah, you mentioned the the bunching of Supercross's uh, seasons of the past. I wondered, I wasn't going to just come on and ask you guys if you thought that you'd ever see one of these guys do the, the hashtag bunching, but uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see that. So um, either way, time will tell. It's going to be a crazy finish either way, because you know, the points are tight and uh, everybody's going to be hanging on to every lap until this thing finishes, uh, finishes itself off. I would, you know, kind of um, like Gloop mentioned, I would like to see Thomas end this thing on a high note. Um, you know, obviously he came on here and said he'd really like the one, one, but uh, you know, that'll be tough because Joel's going to, going to be in uh scorch the earth tour mode. Um, but you know, that 10 point gap between the top two, it's going to be interesting, of course, and uh, we'll see what happens. Um, so we had our listeners send in some questions for the panel here and uh, the best one is going to earn themselves a fresh set of CST ATV tires, courtesy of our friends at CST. Um, so that's super exciting. And uh, yeah, we'll get right into this because we're running out of time. But um, Casey, how has Bryce Ford been able to run up front when no one else has been able to consistently do it and is the number four the the next big guy of ATV motocross? I feel like we've kind of covered that, but I'll let you answer it. Yeah, as we've talked about multiple times and then through this entire show, um, Bryce Ford, as of right now, is the next big, big guy. If you're looking at paper, if you're just watching him ride, Brandon Hogue is there too. Um, those guys are both there. But the way he does it is he has a solid program. He has an immense – he has t- talent on tap and at his disposal. The kid is incredible, and that's really what it breaks down to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that that, like I said, we talked about it so much when I put these questions on the paper. Um, you know, I, I didn't know, I guess, how much we were going to end up talking about it throughout the show. But uh, yeah, he, he's got the the whole package. And like we kind of mentioned earlier, I think that he has some things that you just can't teach. Um, so yeah, that answers that question. Gloop, I'm going to go to you next. Um, does the Phoenix racing Honda team need to make some changes to their program chain break aside? They've had reliability issues the last two years. If Chad didn't have that chain break last year, uh, mechanical failures would have cost Joel that title as well. Um, not trying to be harsh. This listener says, but is it time to make some changes at Phoenix racing Honda? Uh, I mean, they're kind of on outdated equipment. I know you build a you know a new motor every round or however they space it out. Um, I don't know if there's any changes in their program that they need to do. Uh, it, you know, bad luck was on Joel's side this year at Pleasure Valley. What's the chances of what happened at Pleasure Valley? You know, a hole in the cylinder. So um, <laughs> it's kind of hard to even to say like what what would you change? You know, what what can you change? Are you you know, you're going to get on a different machine for next year. Are you going to, you know, how, or, you know, you keep building a brand new Honda with these parts and what's to say the parts aren't, you know, not as strong as they used to be, or they're made with different casts or, or different metals. And um, I honestly don't know. Um, we might see, we might see changes all around next year for a lot of guys. So uh, really, uh, Really, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to do with the change. You know, reading this this wording of this the mm-hmm. listener questions right now. Yeah. You know, the, the change to the program. I think the program that they have is is good, 
and uh, a bad luck just happens. And some of these things you just, there's nothing you can do to change. Absolutely. Um, one of the reasons why I, cause there was a number of questions that, I mean, there's a ton of questions that, um, that I just couldn't get in. I had to select very number of a uh, few number of them, but um, the reason why I kind of picked this one is I wanted to be able to touch on the fact that the, the program is a good program. Just like you said, I feel like, um, I mean, one mechanical failure all year isn't like we need to figure out a whole new program. If you're Phoenix racing Honda, I feel like if you're not Chad, Chad Weenan, who's had such an impeccable record of having, you know, basically no DNFs for, you know, seven, eight years. Um, if you're not racing against him, like you'd say, Hey, you know, we have a, we have a great program. We had one hiccup. That's it. Um, exactly. Yeah. So I, I just feel like, uh, I think sometimes when we get these questions, it's like people are asking, Hey, would Phoenix racing Honda ever ride Yamaha's instead? You know, um, I don't, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's a question to kind of ask those guys at the end of the year. Um, I'm sure a lot of these teams would love to ride other brands if they were helped out. So, yeah. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of these guys, you know, a lot of the Honda riders would like to be on a machine that you can buy brand new and know that you have a brand new machine to start with. You're not going on Craigslist or Facebook marketplace and starting with some, you know, either clapped out bike that you found for cheap or you're spending, you know, six, seven grand on a stock Honda. Like I'm sure. And we always, we've wanted to happen for years and we've heard it was going to happen and hasn't happened, but we'd love to see other, you know, other manufacturers in there as well. Um, sadly, I don't think that's going to happen for a little while if it ever does happen. And, uh, if they were to switch, you know, good for them. I think it'd be pretty cool to, uh, see a lot of different changes for, you know, the two, 2021 season. Yeah. The changes are always exciting. So, um, yeah, interesting. Uh, again, I just wanted to be able to touch on the fact that I don't think that the program is, is suffering too bad or anything like that. So, um, yeah, so Ian will come with you, come to you next um, this listener asks, will we ever see another rider amass as many titles as Chad Weenan? And will we ever see a rivalry like Weenan versus Hetrick again? I, I mean, yes, I think, you know, as it stands today, I think Bryce would be the next person in line, you know, as far as showing the talent and who's running up there with those guys and being as young as he is and first year in he would be my vote if I was had to vote for someone that you know or pick someone that was going to be the next person to get that many titles and as far as a rivalry going on as long as Chad and, and Joel's has gone depending how long, much longer Joel stays in it, I could definitely see Bryce and Joel and, you know, up and comers, Brandon Hogue, um, you know, Alan Myers, depending how long some of these guys can stay in the sport. I mean, and, and Joel as well. I mean, with the experience it's, I mean, Chad's, you know, mid thirties, it's, he's not, you know, five years, maybe, you know, like Natalie, 
racing into his late thirties, he's not going to do it forever. I mean, he's going to get out sooner than later. And those, you know, those are the next guys coming up. And I mean, it's, it's a hard, definitely going to be a hard goal to get that many championships. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's undoable, but it's definitely going to be uh it, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, Chad has proven that it's doable. I feel like everybody said, Oh, nobody will ever get near Gary Denton. And you know, here comes yeah. Chad Weenan and, and he it took him a lot of years to figure it out too. Right. So um, super interesting. Um, you would have, you went exactly where I would have went with, I mean, you'd look at Bryce Ford, he's 18 years old. He's where he is now. So he's definitely got, I mean, for as long as he's going to be in it, you have to think he's going to be kind of in the mix of this thing. So um, that's definitely where I would have went with that. And um, yeah, then when you, and, and you, sometimes I, this listener used the word rivalry. Um, it's almost got a negative connotation to it. So, um, you know, cause I don't, it's not like those two guys hate each other or anything right. like that. Um, so it's interesting to think who the next rivalry could be. Um, I guess I'll open this up to uh, the two other guys too. If you want to touch on, um, you know, who, if, if you have a rivalry or a, or a battle that could ensue over the next handful of years, um, if you want to weigh in on that, feel free now to, can I offer any of you Linquist versus Ford going forward? Something like that, because those are two really young guys could be at the front of the pack for a lot of years. So um, either Casey or Gloop, if you want to weigh in on uh, the rivalry question, if we'll ever see a rivalry like Weenan versus Hetrick again, feel free to uh, do so now. If I had to guess, it's going to be Linquist versus Ford. Like you took it, like I was like been dying just to bring up the rivalry part. The the rest of the question, you know, it's so unknown. If anyone can ever match Gary Denton, Chad still hasn't matched Gary. Obviously, he's close. Um, if anyone can match Chad with timing and today's day and all this stuff. But rivalry-wise, I think what we see, maybe not in the next two years, maybe in three years. I don't know. I see Bryce Ford, Max Lindquist being Joel Hetrick, Chad Weenan, rivalry, thickness. All the way down, you watch Max Lindquist right now, and he's a shorter, younger version of Chad Weenan that Chad didn't, Chad wasn't when he was Max's age. Bryce yeah. Ford resembles Joel Hetrick, flashy style, super aggressive. But those we've we've proven for the last ten years, let's say, that those two styles can actually work to be champions. Yes. Those guys are the guys that are going to end up being more than likely in the head-to-head battle for many, many years. Um, Brandon Hogue, Allen, Logan, and there's no disrespect to any one of those guys. Like They could very well prove me wrong, and I hope every one of them does 100%. But if I was just going to take a bet right now, safe answer, Max Price. be really interesting. Gloop, you want to weigh in? Um. Can't count out Decker. Decker needs to, uh, it, with all due respect, mature on the track with riding. You know, just smooth it out. He's uh, he kind of looks like a Cody Gibson. You know, he's absolutely insanely fast. Um, it's one of the <laughs> he ride. I mean, I was I was with Cody for years. He rides identical to how Cody rode, and uh, I think it'd be cool once he's healed up and back in it and. 
Um, I don't know his plans for next year, but, uh, you know, a couple years down the road, it'd be cool to see um, him and Max and Bryce battling with whoever is still <laughs> left in our pro class. Um, Max is insanely smooth. He is, looks like a, you know, he looks like a Chad Wienan when he rides. And, uh, and it's really cool to see, you know, someone that fast in pro-am right now and that smooth. And he, you know, once you jump the pro, it's going to be a different story with everything. And you need, you have to mature and kind of pace yourself a lot differently or, you know, know when to exert yourself. So um, I think we're going to have an interesting 2021 season in that fact or in that aspect of things. And, uh, you know, I don't know these guys plans for next year. I'm assuming he'd be moving up. Um, don't know if he'd be moving up at, at, um, south of the border. That'd be kind of cool to see to throw, you know, a different rider in there as well. Um, yeah. And just, like I said, I'm just excited to see, you know, a different out. Like, I don't want to see the same guy win all the time. I want to see something different. Like I want to see battles. I want to see, I just want to see these guys, you know, step it up. And, uh, you know, Janusa just got a track, um, that he's going to be work, he's working on and stuff. I think he'll uh, step his game up with, uh, you know, he has the endurance and he has pretty bad luck with whole shots and whatnot. But uh, once he's putting in the riding all the time, I think we'll see him, uh, you know, consistently up there as well. Yeah. To be honest with you, um, a few things, a few things to touch on there. You guys had mentioned uh, Zach Decker. He was the the one other guy that was kind of on my, on my mind as I was listening to you guys talking before you brought him up. So um, definitely was same train of thought there. Nick Janusa, like you just said, he's got the track now and it seems like his riding recently has been better than ever before. So I was wondering if that kind of, uh, you know, was, was in correlation to each other. Um, so he could definitely maybe take a step um, next season and going forward with that. And um, Max, too, I mean, it'd be very interesting. I've, I've heard that uh, he's not going to be allowed because he's not, not 17 and the rule is 17. Um, so he's not going to be allowed to move up prior to next season when he's of age. But he looks like he could factor into, you know, maybe that sixth, seventh, eighth place spot right now. And um, all the knowledge that he's soaking in from Chad, I, I don't think that uh, – uh, you can forget about that. And um, I mean, I guess um, it's something I wanted to bring up on this show at some point, and I guess I'll bring it up now, but somebody at, uh, I was told somebody at Virginia at Lake Sugar Tree had um, accused Max of being a sandbagger and they want nothing more than to bump up to the pro class and uh, they're kind of being told to sit on their hands until next year um, to kind of, uh, you know, to, to adhere to the rules. So um, I think sometimes people just have to realize that uh, I mean, Max is in a spot where that's like the only he's racing pro stock. He's racing those top guys in his other class and pro-am is the only, the only class he can really race right now. So you can't, um, you can't, uh, you know, blame a guy or get on a guy for, you know, beating the guys that are in front of him, I guess. So, um, yeah, but Max is going to be one of those guys that definitely is going to be interesting to watch um, going forward. Max didn't even race last year. I know. That's, he took all 2019 yeah. off. 
Right. It's crazy. And that was solely because he was, um, and he talked about it on my show earlier in the, in the season here, but it's because he didn't want to race the 250 guys. He, you know, he wanted to race the 450 riders. So he didn't spend last season racing a 250. He was prepping to ride a 450 now. So, I mean, when they had told me that, you know, it was actually bothering them that somebody out there thought he was sandbagging, um, I mean, Max's situation, it was, it couldn't have been any more false, I guess. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to clear the air there. So hopefully whoever kind of made that comment, uh, is, you know, at the racetrack there, hopefully they're listening to this and kind of now they got the full scoop. So, um, they're not feeling that way anymore. So we got to move on to our next question here. I got three more, one for each of you guys. We'll try to race through them. Uh, I know you guys are busy, so I don't want to hold you up any, uh, any more Casey. Um, this listener asks, what is the production rule for pros? This listener says that he was told that the, the bike couldn't be more than six years old. So if so, if that was true, the Hondas theoretically would be done after this year. Um, does that mean that everyone would have to switch? This listener is asking. To keep it short, um, in ATV MX, there is no stipulation for ATVs. In bikes, it's five years. So short, sweet, there is no situation if uh, Ian wants to sign up in the pro class and pull one of his two VDRs out, Ian can bring it. <laughs> Perfect. Nice. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I appreciate or you. Or <laughs> <laughs> Um Yeah, Casey, it's, you had kind of said you did some digging into that for us, so I appreciate uh, you spreading that knowledge there. Gloop, we'll throw it over to you for the next one. If anyone can, who's the most likely to make an outside impact on the championship at the finale? One of the Ford brothers, Thomas Brown, Jeffrey Rostrelli, or other? Uh, as soon as you ask a question like that, you're going to piss someone off. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that, Yeah, that wasn't my question. So, <laughs> um, Obviously, like I said, Thomas is fast on hard pack. Um, you know, he's a really good rough rider, but I think he's just as equally as, as a strong rider on hard pack. Um, I think we'll see him out front, and I hope I hope, uh, I hope, hope it's like, you know, the last hurrah where it's just like, I'm going to go as hard as I can and just try to, you know, take a top spot on, the, on these uh, motos. Um, other than that, like, you know, Janusa Myers, Bryce, you know, those are those, those other, others that we talk about. Um, and, you know, hopefully they're, they're practicing on hard pack right now, you know, getting ready for this race because it is going to be a highway and it's very fast. It's a wide open track, or at least it was last year. And, uh, you know, I hope that we just get something to mix it up and something to uh, put some excitement in this last round. Absolutely. Absolutely. It should be exciting. Last, uh, last listener question here, Ian. Um, we're going to have you finish us off. You started the show by talking about Three Palms a little bit. This listener wants to know, how was your experience at Three Palms? And would you like to see another national event there in the future? Yeah, I mean, I I didn't get to ride the track. Uh, but from a viewing standpoint, from the wakeboard park to the track itself, to the parking, I mean, location, I definitely would go back there again. In fact, I would like to ride the track. I, I liked technical tight stuff like that. It looked, it looked fun. I mean, 
I definitely would uh, would like to see it go back there. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I think it's exciting to see something a little different. It's always cool to go to different racetracks, but it's exciting to go to different styles of racetracks as well. So um, we race on plenty of big open um, big national tracks, right? So to put everybody on, you know, just a different style racetrack, I feel like um, it's good to, this is a national series. So it's good to test everybody's ability in one way, shape or form. So um, the one thing I will say is it's a long way from home, obviously (laughs) you guys being in Illinois, I'm in Wisconsin. um, But, but yeah, it's a long way from home. Um, And I don't know, I don't think that the numbers were stupendous, but the track and the racing was amazing. So, um, and overall I just had a blast down there too. So, uh, yeah, I think, think I couldn't have said it any better. So, um, we had so many questions, but that's the, that's where we've already pushed our time over the limit here. So that's all we could get to tonight. We got West Lewis coming up. Um, we'll pick a winner from, from those questions that we did ask and get those tires headed their way. way. Thanks again to, um, CST tires for that. But, uh, I think that'll do it guys. I can't thank you enough for your time. I'm stoked to get you guys on here. You guys are our series insiders. Um, you know, obviously some of the best of them, and I, I can't wait to get this content out there to our, our listeners. So I just, uh, can't thank you guys enough for joining me and, and sharing your wealth of knowledge. And, uh, I mean, you guys are always welcome back here. It's been an absolute pleasure to have each and every one of you. Thanks Cody. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for uh, having me on. We'll have to do it again. Yeah. Thanks Cody. Thanks for what you're doing. Gloop, same thing. Ian, you guys are a big part of why this sport keeps making the mayor go round. Awesome guys. We'll have to get together and do it again, but uh, thanks again for tonight and take care. Man, I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. Thanks to our trio there. Thanks to all of our listeners who sent questions in and thanks to CST tires for offering up some awesome prizes with more to come. Congrats to Sawyer Kostelik for earning himself a brand new set of CST Pulse MXR tires with this question regarding current dominance and future rivalries. Awesome question. Now let's get right into our last segment of the night. We've kept this guy waiting long enough. Enjoy. And now we're proud to welcome this guy to the show for the very first time. And man, does he deserve it. Brought to you by the folks at Bike Strikes and Quads, LLC. Coming off a stellar seventh place overall finish in the pro class on Saturday and wrapping up a pro mod national championship on Sunday. Say hello to Wes Lewis. What's up, man? Thanks for coming on. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. So I already mentioned it, but you had a killer weekend down in Texas. So um, tell me about how the doubleheader of pro class racing was First off, you finished seventh overall on Saturday, 11th on Sunday. Was all that racing like tough on you guys? I mean, you're one of the very few, I guess, I don't know how I would say it, uh, working class, like blue collar, um, you know, guys out there. I have to imagine that all that racing puts uh, some serious pressure or stress on your program. Yeah. Uh, the racing's not too bad. It's usually the drive up depending on where the race is because uh, okay. I get out of work Friday morning, usually around 1.30, and it's 3 a.m. we're on the road. Okay. So Saturday getting kind of loosened up and ready to race is really, really the hard part. 
Well, that's, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Um, cause it, it is like, you're doing the kind of the normal, normal thing and then transitioning, you know, having to travel and race and, um, it is, it's gotta be tough to do that on little sleep and, uh, and all that stuff. So, um, I give you a lot of credit. Like I said, when you look around, cause you know, we were racing each other, even when I was in still in the pro class. And, uh, at the time there was like a handful of guys who, um, you know, I felt like, you know, whether it be, you know, you and I or, or Sean Taylor and, and, you know, you and I, um, Brett music, there was just a number of guys that seemed like, Hey, like, you know, we weren't, you know, spending all of our time riding. We didn't, um, you know, I guess, I don't know how else to say it, but it was like, we're just, you felt like you were just like a normal dude and then racing ATVs. Now, like you look around and, and I guess that's why I didn't want you to think I was slighting you by that comment, but there's not that many guys in your, um, kind of situation or, or whatever. So I think, uh, just it's it's amazing um how well you've done and you're one of the only guys kind of doing it the way you're doing it if that makes sense that's why i've kind of wanted to get you on all year just to kind of showcase like the the amazing job that you are doing oh yeah i appreciate it uh i believe me and wesley wolf are the only two who actually have full-time jobs this year i mean there may be a few other guys i don't really know but I know we're the two for sure. Okay. Yeah. And, and like I said, I, I think it's cool to showcase, um, you know, kind of those stories. So we talked about, you know, all the, yeah, I had mentioned all of the, the racing that um, you would have to do for the pro class more than ever before with a three moto format. And if that wasn't enough um, you've been running the, the pro mod class all season long. So you had the pro mod motos on Sunday as well. You finished second in moto one and then that kind of the tropical storm rolls in and it started raining. So tell me about uh, your second moto in pro mod there. Yeah, uh, Saturday was the normal day in pro, and then Sunday went into the extra motos, and having the 20-minute pro moto in the morning was really, that was rough. And then uh, as the rain came, we were looking at the radar, and I knew it wasn't going to stop, so we put the big tires on, and uh, it was like halfway through that moto, and that track just filled up with water. Okay, yeah, because I, I had already left the racetrack, and uh and, um, we, you know, by that time, like we were already out of the rain, like it was nice out and whatever. And then I'm like watching the radar and we were actually listening to the, the radio from the track and they were talking about how, uh, you know, trying to describe the condition. So how bad, how bad was it? Like, was there, there was standing water and, um, you know, you talked about running the big tires, but how muddy was the conditions there in that second moto? It's pretty hard to describe because the first lap we went out, we were able to hit every jump, downside everything, and okay. the track was still relatively good. Okay. And then by lap three, I want to say it was it was starting to get sloppy in like the fifth and sixth lap. There was starting to get standing water in the corners, and it was just rolling all the jumps. Oh, that's yeah, that's gnarly. Um, it's crazy, but but you made it happen. So did you must have got the whole shot right and kind of made that that mud race a little easier on yourself? Is that how it went down? Yeah, absolutely. I was able to get the start and then uh, just ran that first lap pretty hard and tried to maintain from there. Okay, yeah. So um, it ended up being your second overall win of the season in pro mod and uh you know that was enough to claim your first ever national championship which is crazy to me so tell me tell me about that feeling claiming that thing 
Uh, it hasn't quite set in yet. We still got our sights set on a top 10 at SOB. Okay. So I'm hoping after that it really sets in and I get to enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing because, um, you know, it's like you always talk about how the pro class is composed of guys that have won at every level of racing typically. Um, and I guess like, that's not your story, which I think is, is really cool. So, um, you know, I guess that gives you some uniqueness, but you know, how, how old are you, Wes? I'm 29. Okay. So I'm 28. So it's, it's, we're very, we're very close. So to, uh, to get your, you know, your first national championship while racing the pro class and, you know, racing this other class and you had been close in pro-am a number of years, if I recall, um, but yeah, I just think that that's the, that's the coolest thing. So you have to be, you know, you have to be grateful that they opened this pro mod class. I'm sure you would have ran um, pro am if you wouldn't have had pro mod, but uh, you gotta be, you gotta be stoked on how, you know, the new class and how the whole season had went with, with that. Yeah. When uh, they first announced it, it was kind of like up in the air on, who was going to run it and what the rules were going to be. Okay. But I plan on running it either way. So okay. everything, everything really worked out good. And, uh, it's been a fun season. So you're on production bikes though, right? I mean, those are, those are TRX motors. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Which I think is also the coolest thing. We were actually discussing it in the shop earlier today. And, uh, I was like, telling those, my, my dad, actually, um, I was like, man, I'm so glad that Wes won it. And he was on, you know, production motor. Cause I'm not, not, I mean, I've been on record saying I'm not a big fan of the hybrid thing. A guy like me, I can't afford, um, you know, the whole hybrid program and stuff. So, um, it's pretty cool that it was like kind of built to be a hybrid friendly pro class and you come out and win it on a production quad. I just uh, was super stoked with how that how that went down. And I'm assuming that Cody Ford was on a production bike as well. Uh, I believe the few times I've, I looked over and looked at his was production also. Yeah, yeah, which I think, again, I think is the coolest thing. So I don't know where you stand on the, the hybrid stuff, but um, to win the hybrid pro class on a production bike I think is badass. Yeah, I think it is too. be able to show that you don't really need all that to keep up and do what we're doing still. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, uh, think that's, that's super cool. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to me how, you know, you're, you're, like you said, you're 29 years old and it's like, you're still every single season, you get better and better and better. And, and the way that you, ride the way that you've put together um these efforts in this program of yours on weekends like this you look up and you're in seventh place and you look like you fit there i just I, and then you tell you know the story about working you know all the way up until friday and, and then heading to the races um it's just cool i feel like that's what atv motocross is about is just enjoying it and you know doing it within your means doing whatever you have to do to go to the races and have fun and all these things and i i that was one of the reasons why i wanted to be able to showcase your story talk about at least you know give you some credit for winning that national championship championship and pro mod and um and then it worked it was perfectly in line with a with a 
great weekend in, uh, in the pro class. And I feel like, uh, feel like that's how we, why we needed to get you on here. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of one of those decisions you make at the beginning of the year and you're going to put everything you have into it to, to get to the races and do well there. Yeah, I like that. You just you did, obviously um, the title, the good finishes, all that stuff. You deserve it. And and when we jump back to kind of talking about the premier class, you had told us that your goal was to um, finish in the top ten every week, which you've done more times than not this season. Um, you know, you find yourself now ninth overall in points in the pro class um, with one event remaining. Like you mentioned earlier, you got to be stoked with that, huh? Is that pretty, pretty close to, you know, the goals you had set yourself in the, in the pro class was, you know, you said finishing top 10 in each race, but finishing top 10 in the points, is that where you wanted to be? Yeah, absolutely. I think I've been 11th overall twice, so I've never had, never been this good in points coming into the last round. Oh, that's, that's killer. You put yourself in a great position. And uh, yeah, I, I felt that, uh, that same feeling a number of times. I was, I feel, felt like I was 11th every year. So, um, right. so to, to see that is, uh, is really cool. Wes, what is, uh, I mean, is this um, something you can foresee yourself doing, you know, into the future here for the next handful of years, continuing to do it like you are, um, being, I asked that, I guess I didn't even necessarily plan to, but your trajectory in my mind is still just getting better and better. So, um, can, can my listeners, can the sport kind of plan to see you here for a number of years to come yet? Uh, so far the plan is this was SOB is going to be my last full season. And uh, depending on what happens this off season, I'm not too sure, but I have really no full plans of making a, a full year again next year. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I guess you never know what happens, but if this is the end of the full-time pro thing, um, man, to go out with your, with your first national championship, to go out with your first top 10, you know, presumably it looks like you're going to do it, but your first top 10 in a season, um, that would be, that would be pretty darn special. Very few guys get to go out on, you know, kind of on their top and end it with a high note like that. And, uh, that would be, that would be very cool for you to end it. Um, I guess with kind of the best year that you've ever had, that would be pretty special. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, definitely a good feeling. And then with the way 2020 has been with COVID and all the races getting moved and bumped around, it's just been, I feel like it's just kind of been a special year all the way around and it's been a good one to hang a hat on. Absolutely. And you kind of, you kind of find yourself appreciating it a little more because there was, there was a while there, but we didn't even know if we were going to be able to go to the races. So I um, feel like you look around and just take it in, you know, a little bit more than maybe we would have previously. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because after Daytona, when everything started, it was, we had no idea when the next race was going to be and how long we'd have to get ready for it once we found out. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, um, I'm so pumped for you, buddy. You know, I, I feel like, uh, like I said, it was a, a story, a, a kind of a timeline of yours that I wanted to be able to share because it is unique. And, um, and obviously, like I said, you deserve kind of the success that, that you found this year. And I feel, I know for a fact that I, I share that um, opinion with a lot of people because I there's a lot of third-party people within the sport that um, are stoked to see how well you're doing, to see that you get got that championship, put that, uh, you know, kind of on the mantle. And uh, like you said, you want to end it on a high note at um, south of the border and then you can kind of go uh, – go 
I don't know how to say it, go um, enjoy that thing. So um, I just wanted to get you on here, talk about an awesome weekend, a great year. Congratulate you on your first ever national championship. And uh, yeah, man, congrats. You slayed it. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right. Great job, buddy. Thanks again for your time and uh, go end this thing on a high note at South of the Border. Absolutely. Thank you. That's a wrap. We're stoked how this episode turned out. We're happy to give you some listening material as people are on the road down to the finale, or even if you're listening to and from work or at work, we're stoked to continue to insert more and more knowledge and insight into the sport that we love. Major thanks to tonight's guests, Ian Harris, Gloop Mayhe, and Casey Greek. Thanks to those guys for everything that they do for our sport. And thanks as well to national champion Wes Lewis. And if this is truly the end, congrats on a stellar career. Thanks as well to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother, who always finds time to fit the podcast into his busy schedule. Thanks, Dallas. We couldn't do it without you. Thanks to Brooke. And thanks to AMA official Harv Whipple for all he does to assist us. Thanks to our newest sponsor, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. And thanks to the rest of our sponsors. CST Tires, Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Wienan Motorsports, the Decker Training Facility, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Gripped Gloves, Blenders Eyewear, Mountaineer Brand, Avocado Green Mattress, Roman Health, Factory 43, and Bikes, Trikes, and Quads, LLC. Support the brands that support our show, and don't forget to use those codes to save. You can find all of our episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links and discount codes, our show merchandise, and more, all on our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, so check that out today. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. You guys continue to let us know how much you enjoy everything that we're doing here. And that keeps us going and justifies all the hard work that we continue to put into this. So many listeners stopped me in Texas to sing our praises and digging deep shirts are everywhere. Honestly, I constantly feel the need to pinch myself. So many of you guys love the podcast and it sure does make us proud. You seem to have a passion that matches ours and we truly can't thank you enough for all you do to support us. So Digging Deep Nation, thanks to all of you who religiously tune in week after week. You're the absolute best. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Basically, wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATV MX Podcast. The show is available to anyone and everyone, so simply go to diggingdeepatvmx.com if you need help finding us on your preferred podcast provider. I mentioned our merch, and with fall in the air, it's the perfect time to grab some of our fire Digging Deep hoodies. Available for purchase on our website today, you can show your support by wearing our apparel. Digging Deep shirts, hoodies, and more are available with free shipping and all proceeds going directly towards constant growth and improvement of the show. Thanks for all the support and for wanting to represent Digging Deep. Aside from our merch, if you're looking for an easy way to support our efforts, visit diggingdeepatvmx.com and click the Buy Me a Coffee button. This is an easy way for you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to help prompt continued growth and improvement of the show. Remember to call our voicemail line with questions, 
topic suggestions, business inquiries, and more. Our show number is 920-569-3519. So check that out if you want to hear yourself on an upcoming episode. Follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional behind-the-scenes content and insider info leading up to and at the races. You know I love the screenshots showing that you're listening, so send those in, and I promise to keep sharing them. It's a simple and effective way to help spread the word. I love sharing those screenshots. As always, be sure to subscribe to the show, give us a rating, tell your friends, share our posts, wear our shirts and hoodies. This helps us show our reach to our partners and overall it helps spread word about us all while growing the sport that we love. Your help with this is so appreciated. If you enjoy what we're doing, take a second to like, rate, and subscribe to help us stick around long into the future. The battle continues this weekend at South of the Border. Chad Weenan is in the driver's seat heading in. Will he claim a 7th AMA ATV Pro Class title? Or will Joel Hetrick pull the upset and claim back-to-back championships? We'll soon find out. We'll be back next week to cover it all. Headlined by guest Sean Taylor, who will be wrenching for Joel Hetrick this weekend. Cannot wait for that. I hope you enjoyed another special episode, and if you're new to us, check out our past shows with Chad Weenan, Joel Hetrick, Thomas Brown, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Doug Gust, Josh Creamer, Dustin Wimmer, Gary Denton, Dustin Nelson, and so many more. And quickly, before we go, I want to give a shout out to Seth Fleege. The owner of SF Racing told me I could come crash his ride day at Sunset Ridge if I gave him a shout out on the show. He was joking, of course, but I wanted to do so anyway because the invite always means a ton to me and I had a blast out there this weekend. But furthermore, I owe Seth one. A few years ago, Seth saw me on the side of the road, turned around, and came back to check on me. And then he went to the closest truck stop to pick up everything I needed to get back up and running. Awesome guy. So, Seth... Thank you for saving me back then and for allowing me to hang out with you guys and spend some laps this weekend. You're the man. With that, for Ian Harris, Gloop Mayhe, Casey Greek, Wes Lewis, Dallas Jansen, Brooke Catherine, and I'm your host Cody Jansen. Thanks for listening to the number one podcast in ATV racing, a million downloads and counting. Until next time, thanks for joining us and digging deep with the stars of ATV Motocross. That's a wrap. We're still <laughs> here. Just let it play. I'm going to restart right now. Those guys were hauling ass for real. I remember watching Doug Gus. I don't know who it was. Steel city running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then at steel city. Uh, I, I would need to check this out. I, I, I'm dead serious. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. It's not easy, Steve. It's not easy. Listen, JB. I <laughs> no, don't want to hear. It's, it's not easy. I don't want to hear. Quadlers are freaking hard. You don't chew big red. Then. What the? <laughs> you. Like-